welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. Today, we had the pleasure to talk with college rodeo coach Brandon Edwards from Colorado Mesa University in Grand Junction. Brandon is not just a coach, but he's a current and past competitor. He's a rodeo announcer. He's a business person, and he's just an overall good person with lots of experience. He took the time to share with us today with our listeners information about college rodeo, how to get involved, what coaches are looking for, and all kinds of other valuable information. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast full of awesome information, and we want to say thank you to Brandon Edwards for joining us. We are here at the National Little Versus Finals Rodeo at the Lazy E in Guthrie, Oklahoma, and we have the excitement to talk to a rodeo coach at CMU, Brandon Edwards. Good. Uh, Brandon has a lot of experience, and he's going to share us share with us some information about uh, figuring out what college you want to go to, uh, what to expect, and just his experience as a coach with college rodeo. So. Brandon, what can you tell us? Well, let's see. I think the thing that I try to stress the most to kids uh, is a couple of things. One, start early so that you have time to do the second step, which is give yourself a real apples-to-apples comparison about where you want to go. Make yourself a list of what's important to you, both what you want your major to be, educationally speaking, and also on the rodeo side, where your priorities are. And then you have time to ask those questions, tours from campuses, these facilities, talk to coaches, talk to professors, whatever it is you want to do, and have the opportunity to actually really be able to lay those out, get a good grip on what every place has to offer, so you can pick the place that's actually going to fit for you. You're making a huge decision about the next four years of your life, so make sure you take the time and actually compare it and do it right. Yeah. What are you looking for in a college rodeo athlete? My number one thing that I want in a college rodeo athlete is honesty. And I say that because I want honesty that they have the ability to honestly evaluate their own performance, their own needs, their own practice routine, and go from there. I can't help somebody who thinks that it was the steer's fault that they missed. I can't help somebody who thinks that the ground was bad in the barrel racing and that's why they were a little bit slower. But I can help somebody who can honestly evaluate something, take that comparison, and then know what part of their game they need to work on and step up. We can evaluate or we can fix that. We can facilitate that. As a coach, I really say that I can't coach you but I can facilitate the practice that you want to utilize to make yourself better. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. And I agree. I was a coach at um, Colorado Northwestern Community College yeah, for a couple of years. Yes, region. Yes, it was awesome. And you can't help people who don't want to help themselves. And you can't help yourself if you're always making excuses. Yeah, so um, I think that's definitely what probably all coaches are looking for. Um, what, what can you tell us about your program at CMU? So our program at CMU is actually really exciting because I, I kind of call it a fledgling program. We've, we've always had a rodeo team, but it was never something that was really on the forefront of the university mm-hmm. uh, mind. They kind of always was a, was a little club, it was on the side. You know, I actually rodeoed there 12 years ago when I attended CMU. There was three of us. We got $500 a year from the school total between all of us to split. Wow. And the only reason that we went there was because you know, the majors or other reasons that, that students could go there mm-hmm. and scholarships and whatnot. Um, now, our college has completely put it on the forefront of what they want to do. They have purchased a brand new facility, which is actually a house, stall barn, arena. We've got wow. places to keep horses all in one place. Kids can park their trucks and trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they have really decided to make it a varsity level sport. They treat it like a varsity sport. And they're starting to give us uh, some opportunity to really go after kids that we want to have and bring some that integrity and that character and that class and yeah. that athletes that we can build a program around. That's awesome. And so you're looking for boys and girls. Absolutely. Absolutely, and 
if you were to give advice for like what events kids should be doing and things like that, like what are you looking for in your in your kids? I mean, obviously the integrity and all. Like what? Like events like. Like what are you looking for all around kids or? Right now. Is there an advantage to that? Um. Right now, for me personally, I'll be very honest, it doesn't matter. We're small enough Mm -hmm. that I can take a specialized athlete. Eventually, yes, you know how the point structure works at the college rodeo. Right. Um, So uh, I tell everybody, actually, when I'm talking to parents, like fantasy football, you can put four women and six men on your college team. You're trying to earn every point for the weekend. So it is advantageous as a coach for your kids on the quote-unquote points team to be multi-event athletes if you have more opportunities Mm -hmm. for doing. But with the fact that you're trying to put a college by cars on the map, newly it is, Looking at kids that are truly specialized, that do have a, a high probability of a national qualification or an individualized uh, setting, right. that, that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have the opportunity to bring those, those kids in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a balance there. If you're going to call yourself a specialized athlete, your your level of game on that one event is probably going to have to be you know, a little bit right. better. Because if you're not going to be consistently in the top three trying to go to national, then you're still going to have the same level of value to the coach. Point-wise, mm-hmm. just, just point-wise, look at the overall spectrum as somebody who's a, you know, mid-level all-around athlete. Right, right. But there's definitely still, you know, for those kids who are willing to work at it and, who, you know, we're, as coaches, you know, we want to help them as much as we can and, and achieve their goals, and that's what we're here to do as coaches. Oh, absolutely. This year, this year, we were actually had one freshman came in with regional champion breakaway, and I had a young man who had literally never been on a South Bronx course mm-hmm. 18 months ago. Wow. And he came in, he told us that he wanted to ride Bronx, and I said, cool, I don't believe you. Because that's yeah. what I tell every rough stuck rider that, that every, that's what I tell every person that comes up to our program and says, I want to be a rough stuck rider with mm-hmm. no experience. It's like, you don't actually understand what this entails. You don't actually get what the level of work is going to be. So, so I don't believe you. Uh, and he just completely took off it. Again, we were able to facilitate a lot of practice yeah. for him. He, he went right to the basics level. He went to every rough stock camp that he could. I mean, he got on every set of colts, every set of old string buckers. I mean, he got on everything he possibly could. He was a regional, mm-hmm. uh, re- or a national ball player. We are, you know, That's 18 awesome. months after never been on a saddlebone course. Yeah. So there's there's opportunity, really. There There is opportunity for growth. And, and it's yes. amazing to see it, but it's all going to come down. I can't coach that. Right. I can facilitate it. I can't, I can't coach the drive, I can't coach the one, and I can't coach that willingness to be able to say, like, wow, I'm really weak in this area. Mm-hmm. This, this area has to improve. Right. Yeah. What are some of the requirements of your program? We were talking about it the other day, and I thought some of the stuff that you ask your kids to do is really cool. Right. So probably the one you're referring to, and outside of just your normal college requirements, the big thing I actually have is I make all my kids write me a book report once a semester if they want to be on the traveling team. You have to write a book report on any nonfiction book that, um, you have to get it approved for me, but I call it any nonfiction book that's going to better yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm okay with uh, biographies on historical figures, um, books on personal finance, books on mental development, mental mm-hmm. growth, we're talking about the Heart of the Champion book, yeah. you know, anything like that. Not asking for a huge book report, you know, something that the whole, you know, give me a page and a half, so let me really know you read it, know you understood it, why mm-hmm. you picked it, and what you would take out of it. Uh, my concept being the fact that college is awesome because it really is going to throw just copious amounts of knowledge at you in a concentrated effort in four years of school. But for the rest of your life, if you stop learning, if you stop growing, then it becomes stagnant. So teach right. yourself to learn. Teach yourself to absorb. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to go check out knowledge in other areas that you might on a nor- not on a normal basis. 
And if you can pick up a book and you can put 250 pages down, then that's great. That's what mm-hmm. you do. Um, same thing, audiobooks. Anybody that's rodeoed for any, match, uh, any substantial amount of time, how many hours do you spend in the truck? Yeah. So do you want to sit there and play Candy Crush on your phone? <laughs> and like, you know, guilty as charged, not going to lie, for some time. Mm-hmm. But, or you could be listening to the thousands and thousands of books that are on there. Or yeah. amazing podcasts. Right, where like you can, Exactly. <laughs> where you really have the chance to, to hear. I mean, the, the, the some of the favorite things I've learned over the last five, six years have been podcasts from, mm-hmm. from athletes. And you might listen to an hour-long podcast, and 30 seconds of what they say is something that you hadn't already thought of, or a concept that you, you grasp as new, or something yeah. that they looked at that you're like, wow, that's mm-hmm. a glitch. Yeah. So, so why not? I mean, you can always be bettering yourself. I'm a self-development junkie, so I am all about books, podcasts, anything. You know, if you're going to be an elite person at anything, whether it's your job, whether it's your sport, whether it's parenting, whether it's just being a good person, like we, I had a, a really good friend of mine, we were talking about it, and it's like, what do we see in the people that we personally know? And if they read books, they listen to podcasts, you know, they're always working on themselves, they eat healthy, or at least relatively healthy, and they take care of themselves physically, you know, that's that's what's going to set you apart as an athlete and as a human and keep your mind clear and help you become the best that you can be all around. So I 100% support that um, as a coach and just as anybody who wants to be a good person in the long run. And, um, you know, a big thing that I've always talked about is you are who you surround yourself with. And Absolutely. that includes what you read and what you listen to. So if you're surrounding yourself with Candy Crush, well, then that's empty-minded, not learning, which not that there isn't a time to just shut your mind off for a little while, but... Um, you know, you want to be around people who, who help you get to the next level, whether it's verbally, physically, or however, however, to surround yourself with those things. The, the old theory, if, you, if you're the best person in the practice then you need to change practice then. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay, so what's a typical day look like at practice? For, for us, typical day at practice, we usually, uh, we kind of adjust it every year depending on when kids get out of class, but we'll start usually about 3 o'clock. Uh, and I'll run the sled while it's still kind of warm in the afternoons. I'll run the sleds for anybody, whether it be a calf open sled, breakaway sled, or team mm-hmm. open sled. And uh, let everybody kind of either work horses down if they're kind of hyped up so we can start. Um, I encourage the kids always to have a young horse going because that was just kind of how I was raised. You know, yeah. you had a good horse and you had a, a practice horse or a young horse always coming because you always are searching mm-hmm. for the next level of horsepower. And then we just kind of start working on specifics. One day a week, uh, we break it down, and we work on challenging our goal set. We work on speeding things up, pushing ourselves to a level that we're uncomfortable with. And then once the next practice that we ever have, we analyze, we bring it back, slow it down, to then make sure we've still got our fundamentals underneath. So we're, yeah. trying, we're going for the next level, but then we're pulling it back to make sure that we still have our fundamentals around us, and then we can tear that up. You kind of push yourself up and bring yourself back, push yourself up, bring yourself back then eventually that higher level becomes your comfort zone. And then mm-hmm. you're able to, to pull that off in competition on a consistent basis because you're feeling that pressure. Um, obviously, I'm really big on horsemanship, so we kind of just, you know, analyze individually what is needed. Does, does your horse need a little bit? Does your horse need a little less? Uh, there's, there's days, honestly, you know, a couple of barrel horses will just say, okay, we need to go ride on the desert. You know, they need to get tired and just get out of the arena for a little bit. Or, you know, I mean, we try to... We just try to have fun with it. Challenge a lot. Yeah. And then whenever we get on rough stock, we, we really just try to put as many reps as we can that are quality reps. Uh, so we get we get rides that are going to be more that muscle memory and, and bring ourselves back to center. For your practices, are you practicing every day during the week? Or um, is it, I know different programs are set up differently. 
as of thing we did last year, this year is just going to be different. Thank you, thank you, coronavirus. Um, but last year, last year we we had three official practices a week mm-hmm. um, where we would dictate, where I would dictate, kind of everybody's little regime individually. And then again, because I, I love the fact that we have students that are self-motivated, the arena's there, the, the steers, the calves, the goats, everything's already there in that arena. So I don't have to be there for you to practice. Um, last year, probably one of the things that I was most proud of or most excited about was that we averaged six nights a week. That arena was getting you. Oh, that's um, awesome. And, and a lot of times it was students come around from the dummy for each other on young horses or mm-hmm. decide they wanted to go team rail to give the breakaway horses something else to do. And, uh, it, it was awesome. And so, yeah, we have three practices where I require you to be there, and, I, and we really push. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's just really awesome to see kids that decide, no, we've got the opportunity to practice, we've got the opportunity to put in some quality reps. Why not? Yeah. And so it, it's really exciting to see him. Yeah. yeah. So I know I college rodeoed in the Central Plains region, and I know that every region has its differences. Um, you know, just the culture is a little bit different. What can you tell us about the region that you're in? The region we're in is the Rocky Mountain region. So we've got two schools in western Colorado, uh, two schools in southern Idaho, plus one school that actually rodeos independently. So students do out of southern Idaho as well for a third. And then uh, another six of our rodeos is actually center in Utah. Uh, I very much enjoy the travel schedule this one. All of our rodeos are Friday night performances. Uh, generally speaking, we'll have a truncated Saturday uh, black, truncated Friday after the first black, and then a Saturday morning time to the black, and then a Saturday night first. So we have all day Sunday to get hit back and it's usually take back to school, back in their own bed. Yeah. Monday morning with no stupid late night drive. Yeah. Get everybody back to four classes. Yeah. I had to go through when I rodeoed. I rodeoed at Mesa, but at that point we were actually still in the Central Rocky Mountain region, traveling okay. nine and ten hours to Sheridan, Gillette, across from Nebraska, like across the state. Um, the, the culture of coaches in, in the region we are, and I have spent a lot of time around others in that sense, but it's phenomenal. Um, I, I multiple schools I have relationships of the fact that if they're bucking out horses or they're bucking out bulls, we, we trade guys. We, we send kids there. We, they send kids to us. Um, there's there's a rivalry, obviously, just because we're competitive right. and they like it. But there has never, ever have I witnessed a rivalry portion of it that is cutthroat, backhanded, or anything other than exceptional that we want to see what the rivalry looks like when when our athletes are being their best, at their best, mm-hmm. you know, competing at their highest level. Right. Um, friendly rivalry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, even above friendly, I mean, it's amazing. You, yeah. you know, they're cheering, hooping, hollering. I mean, I, I've never seen somebody disappointed at a good run. It's always, you know, slapping back, high five, and shaking hands. It's, it's just awesome. Yeah, I really enjoy coaching in that region as well. And, um, you know, I think if you're – a student who needs a little bit more structure, especially like that region, is a great place to go because, like you said, the late nights in the Central Plains region, I was in Durant, and we might have to drive 12 hours to Colby, Kansas, and it started Thursday night or Friday morning, so you're driving all day Thursday, and then the short goes not until Sunday at 1, and that takes three hours, so you're not leaving until 4. You have an all-night 12-hour drive home, and then you have to get up and go to class the next day. So. Um, I think when somebody's looking for what college to go to, you really want to consider what the structure of the region is and just how many students are in it because that will make a difference. And depending on what major you have, because if you're going to be a nurse or something like that or biology where you've got lots of labs and lots of requirements with that, uh, you really want to consider 
what the, the travel schedule is like. Yeah, if you're having to do clinicals and you're not getting back until 4 o'clock in the morning on Monday, it's going to be brutal. Yes, I remember seeing things jump out of the out of the ditches sometimes trying to get back to school. And, and then I went to that region and I didn't realize that it was going to be like that when I took the job. And, you know, we're like, oh, we, we can leave Friday and get there Friday night. I'm like, what? That is right. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And in that region as well, um, all the colleges provide hotels for the students. Is that correct? Uh, not all of the colleges. Not all the colleges? But okay. it's actually much more prevalent in that region than it was in any other region yeah. I'd ever looked at when I was when I was looking to rodeo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more the norm. Where usually, like when I was in the Central Rocky Mountain region, it was, heck, you're 18, you get yourself to the rodeo, yeah. and we'll see you when we get there. Yep. Um, I know for us personally, our college, and, and again, the vast majority of the ones in the region, treat it like it is a sport at a varsity level where mm-hmm. they're saying, okay, we're going to pay for the soccer team to get there, we're going to pay for the football team to get there, we're going to organize and we're going to make sure the rodeo team gets there as a unit. Um, there's a lot more convoying and everybody kind of traveling together, mm-hmm. staying in hotels or being very organized about who's staying in their trailers if right. they have a living quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I. Yeah, this is a difference in, in the culture of the region. Uh, what can you tell us about your college? Real quick, I want to remind our listeners that you can find information about all of the schools who offer college rodeo programs under the Advancement tab on RodeoKids.com, where we also have scholarships sponsorships, and internships listed. Don't forget to fill out the Recruit Me form so college rodeo coaches can find you, too. Our college is, uh, as of 2018, Colorado Mesa University was the fifth fastest growing university in the United States of America. So I graduated there in uh, 2008, and since I have left there, basically 12 buildings have now sprung up since I was there. So 12 years ago, we've had 12 buildings. Gorgeous. We have just built a brand new hotel for the hospitality program. We built four or five dorms. We built a beautiful engineering program. Um, our engineering is going to be amazing. We, we've added on to our science. Um, our nursing department is amazing. We have a beautiful fine arts building. Uh, plus, we actually combine forces with our local community college. So any of the classes you would normally take at a, at a community college or on the vocational tech side, mm-hmm. uh, now combined with us. So under one heading. Very cool. Yeah, so all of our welding, our diesel mechanic, our we have a lineman's program, everything of that nature ties in. So you get all your credits from maybe WCCC, which is our Western Colorado Community College, mm-hmm. but they transfer directly through Mesa. They come from, uh, uh, on your transcript, they show up as, as CMU. Yeah. Their validity for when you're getting national accreditation. You maybe use those later if you would transfer someplace else. Awesome. So we have a lot of options. Um, the dorms are beautiful. The, mm-hmm. the city is Gorgeous, obviously. Yeah, and that's in Grand Junction, Colorado. Yeah, Grand Junction. So basically, if you're looking forward on the map, go about halfway north and south in Colorado, look to the Colorado-Utah border, and come back about 25 miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. And it, Grand Junction's a great city. Yeah. It's easy to navigate. Lots of opportunity there. Yeah. Like, if you're an outdoors person, oh it's gosh. a place you want to be. The yeah, climate's yeah. awesome. It's not humid. Yeah, it's humid. <laughs> it's, uh, it's number one or number two in the United States right now for... Uh, Mountain biking, outdoor biking, tons of hiking trails, national monuments, rock climbing. I mean, we're 45 minutes away from some of the greatest hunting that you could possibly get to in Colorado. I mean, it's, it's oh, yeah, skiing. We've got a, a little, what I call just a perfect resort because it's little and it's not so expensive within 45 minutes of us. But then you've got Aspen Vale, Copper Mountain, all of these within like two, two yeah. and a half hours. I mean, it, it's, it's a very cool place. Yeah, it can definitely be an outdoorsman's paradise. Yes, and which mon is it? The Colorado National Monument, right there in yes, the Junction. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a great place to go. Um, 
you know, and you've done a great job as a coach. You know, you're very personable, and you do a great job helping explain things to the kids, you know, just what little I've worked with you and been around you. It's a great atmosphere, and, and I mean, if I were going to go to college rodeo again, I'd definitely consider the nice. for sure. Well, I appreciate that. It's, it's been a blast. I mean, it really has. Mm-hmm. Um, this was definitely not a track, career track that I had ever seen right. before, but when the, when the opportunity arose, uh, my wife and I really just sat down and had a heart-to-heart, mm-hmm. uh, and, and she's an assistant coach with me, because she was a, you know, a college coach, tire college regular real quick, okay. full-round rodeo scholarship the whole time she was going to college, so... Uh, it's just kind of fit in with the family. Yeah, so you've got, you know, both sides of it where you've got uh, the male side of it and you can help the men's team and, and you've got your wife to help you with the women's team. Yeah, absolutely. I know that that's a huge asset because when I was looking at colleges, um, I know I there were a lot of schools I didn't choose. I chose a college with a female coach because I felt like I wanted that help. And yeah. the other ones that I looked at didn't even have an assistant coach that specialized. I was a big goat tire, so I was looking for somebody that could help me with that. You need you need some time with you because she's a goat tying scientist, I call her. Like she yeah. she still enjoys going to the goat tying yeah. stuff just because she loves being around the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the one thing I will say about about ours is, is even for myself personally, like. The best thing about myself and Pia that I think we've always had fun with is that neither one of us are too proud of our weaknesses. Right. We love the fact that we'll bring in true professionals in their given events to help with, with practices. Um, awesome. We've actually already got one apparel racing clinic where two women who are, gosh, I don't know, she's between Julie and, and Wendy. I mean, they're probably 20 times the, the circuit finals between oh, wow. the two of them. And I, I know Julie's been to the national circuit final. I mean, we're bringing them in for just a day, just mm-hmm. a few days, just bring them in. Um, we've had cap ropers that are the, the amateur association cap ropers and multi-time circuit mm-hmm. finalists and, you know, that are accessible right there. We, we have, I think we counted it one day, we have 11 people that have made the NFR within 30 miles of our college. Oh, really? Still is there, yeah. Very so, cool. you know, at one time or another, mm-hmm. bring them in. You know, we yeah. can get them in, we can get them work with the kids, we'll bring them in. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I, you sure didn't see my name on the yellow shoes at Vegas. Right. You know, obviously, I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. So if I've got somebody that knows at that level, down, you know, and has their specific event down with science, my gosh, let's bring them in. Like, have mm-hmm. this wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And, and so we really try to make that as successful as we can. Yeah. And even if, you know, you have a wealth of knowledge yourself, but just the way that somebody else might say one thing here or there can be a game changer. Are those clinics open to the public? You know, we never have before, um, but it's, it's the next step. We yeah, kind of very much, we very much like that. Yeah, we kind of have been testing the waters. Like, yeah. we, we're, this is really only our second year, and we've really tried to mm-hmm. kind of like, um, you know, wrap our head around it. Also, wrapping our head around it at the same time as you well know, like the fundraising aspect, trying right. to, you know, keep those funds flowing so that we can really provide that financial support to the kids mm-hmm. uh, via scholarships and such. So yeah. that's, that's a big time uh, expense on what we do. But yeah. Yeah, everything's growing. Mm-hmm. And you're also a team roper. Like, I what's am. your background in rodeo? I guess I don't know all of it. Yeah, so, um, I guess background roper, yeah, team roper. I mean, that's it, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, mm-hmm. I team roper over calves in high school. Um, right. Roped two calves in college, <laughs> and and yeah. just to be honest, they didn't like the board up. Okay, like right. they, you know. So, yeah. um, but but I team roper over here, so I team roper up. Yeah. We went there a long time, and then uh, then the last couple of years. Uh, have taken off. Actually, it's already announced. We've spent a lot of time on the PRCA. Have yeah. a PRCA card as an announcer. Uh, and spent a lot of time around the industry. And yeah. So you're not. I mean, as a roper, I mean, roping angles mostly. Physics. You know, it's all physics. physics and angles. And, yeah. So uh, you know, it's 
what you can see as a coach too, you know, that, that makes a huge difference as well. And even if you haven't done it, you might still know so much about how to help somebody get to the next yeah. level. Or being the team back to be honest, to me, I love breaking down film. I love breaking yeah. down film just because I like looking at it. And you can you can go you frame by frame, step by step. Mm-hmm. What happened? What did we need to react to? What did we react to? What do we need to react to better the next time? You know, did the displacement of your swing change, or did your weight get too far over the front? I mean, right. I mean, you, you know how it is in the go time. I mean, mm-hmm. the go time, if you being forward or being back when you're coming off your horse by inches, it's going to change the way your feet hit the ground, the way your weight right. is moving when your feet hit the ground, the way you're going to be able to keep the body moving with your feet. I mean, you know, you've got these microcosms within a run that mm-hmm. you can analyze. And I, I, I love that because that's really when you can see yeah. somebody like a student's mind wrapping around something like that. And then they get the concepts and they're able to put the concepts into practice and mm-hmm. put practice into motion. The light bulbs. Oh, man. Yeah. The light bulbs, I would make it worth it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So if a student was interested in your program at CMU in Grand Junction, Colorado, how would they go about getting in touch with you or learning more about the program? A little bit of everything. The best way to get a hold of me is email or telephone. Okay. 970-216-1818. That's my personal number. Text me, call me, whatever you want to do. I would love to hear from you, and I'd love to take the time to talk to you. Uh, email address, E. Edwards, my first initial, last name, E. Edwards, at coloradomesa.edu, and that's the best way. Or you can just go on to cmumavericks.com, and that'll be our athletic website for our program. And you'll go down to the left-hand side, find Rodeo, and there'll be pictures of our facility, everything we have there, um, our roster from last year, my bio, my wife's bio, and a direct link to our email or any online cell line where you want. We'll put that in the footnotes as well, so if anybody's interested, they can, you know, just scroll down to the, the page and you can find all that information as well. So, do you have anything else you'd like to put out there for the kids looking to college rodeo? You know, actually, I, I would love to. So, I, you and I have also talked for a couple of years. Right. We've got to know each other in this. Uh, and when you really kicked this off the ground, I was a little... Like period to see how it was going to develop, yeah. and it has been really fun to watch. So, like, congratulations oh, to you, you because especially when you go into like the recruiting side and you get to see some of the kids that are putting themselves out there for recruiting. Right. I, I think you're doing. I'm sure you're aware of what you're doing because you've studied this immensely. But you, you really are starting to give the kids an outlet to to balance that thing of I want to be out, I want to be in the forefront, I'm not afraid to kind of put myself out there and be exposed and, and show mm-hmm. my videos and show my resume to the world, if you will, but not have to do it in a way that just makes them feel like they're trying to do bright lights. I mean, they, they can actually put out their facts, they can put out and see, and it's just, I mean, I know I've reached out to quite a few students actually already on that uh, section of your website, send them emails and stuff, just reached out and said, hi, you know, would yeah. be interested in more information and things, and it's a great way to get into contact, so highly, definitely, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably all already aware of what a great product this is. But like get in touch because people and the connections of people are what are going to give you just so many of the great experiences yeah. and the options that you're going to have later. Yeah, and for those of you listening, if you haven't seen it on RadioSix.com, you just go to the recruitment page under the advancement tab, fill out your application, it gives coaches all the information that they're looking for to start the recruitment process. Because actually, uh, the region director before this. Steve, Steve Bernie. It was actually his idea. I was oh, really? telling him about rodeokids.com, okay. and 
I kind of sent him, as we were building the website, I sent him our business model, and just, I think I gave it to you, too. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, uh, yeah, we talked, yeah. Yeah, and he said, you know, it's so hard as a rodeo coach to recruit, because it's during all of the high school rodeos. You are, yes. you know, we're in the middle of practice and all that kind of stuff, so, and, you know, being, if you're not in the center of America, it's kind of hard to get to events like the Little Bridges finals and the high school finals and all that. So, um, you know, it'd be really nice if we had a, a school for that. So that's why we did that. I mean, it was all his ideas. So, oh, that's cool. Um, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, and it, it has been cool. And so what you do, fill out the recruitment form, upload your video, um, you know, make sure you check the box to our terms and conditions, and then it pops up for coaches to find you and respond to you as well. So, uh, please use that. We also have a map where you can see every single uh, college that offers a college rodeo program in the nation. So, there's 125 schools that are on that list. I believe it's 100 around that, at least, um, all across the nation that offer rodeo programs. Uh, check that out, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, and we will put all of that information on Colorado Mason University in the footnotes. And if you have any questions, reach out to Brandon or myself at rodeocase.com. We are super excited to announce the groundbreaking National Western Youth Convention to be held on March 5th, 2021 in the Fort Worth, Texas Stackyards. The NWYC is a fun-filled, educational, career-building event where youth across the country come together to learn firsthand from some of the most respected companies and individuals in the Western industry. To find more information and registration for the NWYC, check under the Advancement tab on RodeoKids.com or type in RodeoKids.com backslash NWYC in your search bar. Bonus, this event takes place the Friday of the American Rodeo in Fort Worth. So you can pack up the whole family, drop off the kids at the NWIC in the morning, check out the stockyards, then attend the American on Saturday and Sunday. We look forward to seeing you there.